We're live now. Hey, everybody, how's it going? <laughs> Welcome to Casually Kicking It Sports. Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio. We're going to be talking sports, new podcast. I'm your host, Ed. We got your other host, Tom, and your co-host, Tony. And our other co-host is uh, not here. He's uh, on vacation. Uh, coming soon. Coming soon. To a, uh, to a podcast near you. Uh, we're live streaming right now on Facebook and YouTube. You guys can make sure you catch us on uh, YouTube uh, if you miss out on an episode. But right now we're streaming the Milwaukee Atlanta game as we are discussing sports. Uh, it looks like this series is going to be over, right, fellas? Ooh, I don't know. Look, I, I mean, obviously Trey Young missing the game is kind of disappointing because he's been such a you know, it's, positive bright spot during the playoffs. Um, however, if he is going to miss a game, missing a home game where role players tend to play better at home, you know, maybe Lou Will gets hot. Maybe they can somehow stay close, hit a bunch of threes tonight and pull out a victory. Um, you know, a bone bruise is no joke, but, uh, nope. you know, maybe Trey sits out today with another two uh, more days of rest. Um, you know, can come back for game five where, you know, if he was, if he's bad enough to miss today's game, then, uh, you know, maybe your best chance, even if you're down three, one is for him to come back in game five and try to win three straight, even though that's difficult. I, I, I agree with that notion because like, like you said, like the bruised bone is definitely something serious. If he comes back, it would have to be like if they inject him with any type of shot because bruised bones don't don't heal within a week or so. They usually take about a week and a half, maybe, to even rehab back to it. You know what I mean? Well, obviously, the medical advances are now further than ever before. So guys yeah, heal a lot more quickly than they used to. You oh, got there, your there. Hat on and I remember TO returning from a broken leg in like 8 weeks back in the day. Uh and that was like 18 years ago. And that so, was before what we have now. Yep. Yeah. Uh so I'm sure that they're going to do whatever it takes. Um but like I mentioned, uh, and it looks like Atlanta's <laughs> getting off to a good start. Yes, they are. John Collins with the alley-oop to Clint Capella right there. And, and that, right. Was, that was beautiful. Beautiful. Um, yeah, so I mean, energy, playing with the fans behind them. You know, Atlanta has shooters. One thing that we know in today's game is if you have shooters, you can stay in it or you can get blown out just based off of the three-point shot. So, you know, maybe they can – hang in there for a while if a couple guys get hot tonight i um uh, speaking of recovery i've uh you know those advances yeah i've seen in uh specifically in the euro cup and in the copa america you know when those guys are rolling around they whip out that that magical spray and all of a sudden you know these guys are uh you know the the <laughs> The, the dislocated leg is all of a sudden working again, you know. Uh, the guy's got like, his toes like pointing at his face, but yet it's all fixed with the little magic spray. I don't know why I don't use the magic spray on everyone else in uh, the other okay. sports. Because soccer is very, <laughs> very, very um, act-wise, to be honest. 
Um, Neymar looks amazing right now, and he was just uh, just looking at the. Um, I guess he was on the sidelines the last game, and he was laughing at the people that were getting hurt on the other side. That was crazy. Well, Ed, you're you're Puerto Rican. Oh. Tom, are you Puerto Rican as well? Yes, sir. Okay, and then obviously you guys know my parents are from South America, uh, South yep. America, so. Feel yeah. like I can say this that uh, you know, uh, our Latino people were a bit of a dramatic bunch, and so <laughs> embellishing the injuries, uh, playing soccer, it comes naturally to to us. Wow, really dramatic. <laughs> it, it's kind of funny that you say that Neymar was laughing when when you type in Neymar's name in a YouTube. All it is is videos of him rolling around complaining exactly. every single time of an injury. Yep. You know, like that's the first thing that comes up is like just Neymar uh, crying. And and if you watch a Brazilian game, like those guys, hey, look, I love Brazil, but no, they're good. Good. Let me tell you, game. I love Brazilian people, but dude, every game I watch them play, I mean they're not even being touched and they go down and roll and it like reminds me of that YouTube video of them getting tr like, you know, that, that spoof video of how they get trained and it's just about like going down and rolling and grabbing your ankle. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I uh, mean, it's a part of the game of soccer around the world to embellish injuries, make it worse that, or make it look worse. I feel, uh, that it's so ingrained in the game that that's never going to change. And honestly, it's been a problem for the American team for a long time is that uh, because a lot of our players don't do those things, we're not given the benefit of the doubt from a lot of referees and a lot of these big matches. Yeah, no penals, uh, nothing like that. And the NBA is incorporating that because a lot of guys are I flopping. I was just about to say that, Ed. I was just about to say that. <laughs> Well, did you guys see Chris Paul last night with Oh yeah, that was horrible. That was so horrible. <laughs> Beverly barely touched him and he's like <laughs> he's bouncing off the floor. <laughs> yeah. Um so is there anything you guys wanted to bring up tonight uh, uh topic wise? Well, there was one thing I wanted to bring up. It might be like a little bit before, but I've been watching the Olympic trials. The Olympic trials? Yes, sir. And recently they had, uh, the, like, uh, above record weather. Like, the regular weather is like 107 degrees. And the track themselves, they've actually delayed it because it was reaching 140 degrees track-wise. And three athletes actually had to go by ambulance to the hospital because of the fact that it was that that hot. Well, Ed and I were watching some of the trials uh, this past weekend, and they were talking about the athletes not even using deodorant. Yeah. Because they want their body to perspire in order to stay as cool as possible and that they're sticking, like, ice, like, yep. down, like, their <laughs> – like shorts and, and stuff and areas ice vests before mm -hmm. they run. So it's pretty wild what they have to do to try to stay as cool as possible. I mean, uh, Ed kept joking around that 
you know, the, these people need to come to Orlando if they really want to experience uh, what it's like to be in hot weather. But no. at least we have some rain sometimes to cool us off over here. I, I, I totally agree. I, I think where they're at right now is definitely like a, a definitely a desert right now because that <laughs> those temperatures are freaking crazy. As far as I know, those trials are going on in Oregon. Correct. Yes, they are. I think in Portland today, it reached like 116 degrees. Obviously, it's not a Eugene where they're holding the trials, but it's close enough. And 116 degrees is uh, – people aren't meant to be outside at that temperature. No. I, have a fr- I have a friend that actually lives in Portland, and he was texting me today that he's like, I can't believe what's going on this heat. I'm like, well, I, I deal with the heat every freaking day down here. And he's like – I I've, we've never ever dealt with this type of heat. It's like dry. It's very like extensive. I'm like, then I, I can't really tell you what. I mean, I can't compare it. But yeah, they're they're like it's like a total desert out there right now. Yeah, it's um, it, it was cool to watch though. Uh, it's always cool to watch all the Olympic uh, trials and. Olympics coming up pretty soon here in the summer is uh, pretty exciting to watch as well. It's interesting. I just feel like uh, some of these events are a little outdated, in my opinion. Uh, I know what that we've, that? Um, I don't know, like, do we really need curling in the Olympics? <laughs> <laughs> that's the Winter Olympics. What about yeah, that's the Winter Olympics? I know. Oh, I mean, you know, uh, the, 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 I mean, I think curling was like a, a sport that was made up. Isn't badminton a summer Olympic thing? I don't I don't recall, but let me uh, let me Google that. I know that they're implementing skateboarding, and I think that's cool. I feel like the Olympics should embrace new things, new sports. I even feel like the Olympics should embrace mixed martial arts. I would love to see that. Hey, yeah. look, Familia saying hello. Hey, from Canada. Oh, Canada. Oh, what do they do? Uh, oh, Canada. Oh, I don't know. The what, what, also, what's the sign? So I totally agree with Ed about um, them bringing uh, skateboarding in, which is amazing. Um, I was a big fan of X Games. I was a big fan of Tony Hawk. So... I am at, like they're also competitors, so why not give them a platform to do it internationally? And also um, with the MMA, I mean they're already doing it internationally. Like there's Brazilians, there's um, Germans, there's uh, Czechoslovakian fighters already fighting in the MMA right now. So why not do it in the Olympics? I, I I feel like like the javelin, like it's cool, but like. I don't know, man. Like, does it really need to be in there? That's the OG, bro. You can't mess with the OG, bro. Why not? I don't know. I I I I like the javelin. I like the the hammer throw. The yeah, that throw. too. Yeah, you man. Know, those are those are things that originally were in the Olympics. Put that in the world's strongest competition. The world's strongest man competition and women, whatever. Yeah, do that. <laughs> throw it over there. Well, they have those weightlifting events in the Olympics as well. Correct. Yeah, weightlifting events is all right. I mean, everybody's still weightless. That's cool. I, I, mean, I don't think there should be a bias against any Olympic sport. 
Like it's a sport, no matter what, people try their hardest at it. And why not have that platform to table tennis? Yeah. Yes, table that, tennis that's is international. Some of the most exciting stuff. Exactly. <laughs> have you been to a have you have you seen Fars Gump? No, but I've been to a table tennis match at, at Tony's house, and boy, does that get pretty uh that gets pretty uh pretty heated fairly quickly. <laughs> I haven't experienced that, so I'm gonna have to just go with the flow on that one. Take By the way, word. we just had Canadian family saying hi. How about the Canadians making it to the uh, Stanley Cup Finals, huh? But uh, blow game um, one to the one and only Tampa Bay Lightning. Let's go, baby. They might have made it to the Stanley Cup, but they didn't show up game one. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I, I mean, just having a Canadian team in the Stanley Cup Finals is, is something of an amazing feat. Uh, I believe I saw that it's been 28 years since the last time it happened. Right. That is correct. Uh, it's funny that they're facing, you know, a team from Florida, this hockey hotbed. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was about to say there. Uh, but, uh, you know, the Lightning for the last couple seasons, I know two years ago, were like the best team in the league, but blew mm -hmm. it in the playoffs last year. They w actually won the Stanley Cup. So. Um, you know, Tampa is like title town USA right now. Yeah. Okay. Right now they are. Okay. So I, I, I'm going to have to go with that because you guys are both Tampa Bay uh, fans and that's cool and everything. You're very biased right now. What but, gave it away? I don't know. I don't know. Not even at all, but I do agree. I think Tampa definitely at, from last night, what I saw, they have their their stuff together. Like they they got on the offensive uh, scheme, they're very good at passing the puck and seeing the openings that they see. Um, Montreal's a little bit disoriented, but when they do get their stuff together, they're pretty okay with that. But Price was having a very big difficulty last night. Okay. I mean, I'm not going to front. I don't know much about hockey. Um, but what I do know is that uh, the Canadians pretty much barely made the playoffs. So uh, to have made it this far uh, is a great accomplishment. Uh, they probably should have been out in the first round if the Maple Leafs could have handled their business. But we already know that Toronto and hockey uh, rarely uh, plays up to their potential. So um yeah yeah tony you're right it's kind of weird because uh it, you know hockey's you know more of a northern sport and yeah. uh the southern team is the one that's been cooking the last few years here um i the you know of course the the big thing going into game one was you know both goalies are on fire except mm -hmm. last night one of the goalies allowed four <laughs> yeah so and that was uh, price yeah. But I mean even if like if the the Maple Leafs or you know um the Montreal would have made it a Canada team would have gone to the Stanley Cup. So and like Mont like Canada's like the main like hub for hockey. And I agree with you guys like they have like a you know Tampa Bay. I know there's some that migrated from Canada to Tampa Bay. I'm not saying everybody on the Tampa Bay team are not Canadian, you know, but it's 
they're they're hot, bro. They're hot. Definitely Tampa Bay's a hot thing and I think they I think they're going to win the Stanley Cup to be honest with me. Well, starting 1 and 0 is a great way to start. Uh Definitely. Um speaking of, we're watching Milwaukee playing Atlanta right now, game number 4. It's tight. Milwaukee is uh, leading the series 2-1 as we speak. If you're listening to this podcast episode later in the week, well, you obviously know what the outcome will be. But, um, well, we obviously don't know right now. I mean, no. Atlanta started to get into their bench a little bit. Uh, Milwaukee has found their footing in the game, and they started to make a little comeback. Atlanta was up 10-2 at one point during the game. Um, but it's going to take a minor miracle without Trey in the game for uh, Atlanta to even hang in there. Uh, I think that uh, Milwaukee's going to take this game in Atlanta, and they're going to take the game in Milwaukee. Um, so, but do you think tonight will be a blowout, Ed? I don't know if it'll be a blowout, but I I well, expect Milwaukee. You just predicted I, they would win. So no, I, and they're not going to blow out, but I, I, they're going to win. I think they're going to win the game without Trey Young out there. Well, Milwaukee's going to win the game. What? What? By a shot? By three points? By like? By what? What do you think? What's your? What's your final score? I can't make that prediction, but the fact that in game one <laughs> Trey Young was eating them up with the pick and roll, and Trey Young's not out there right now, eh, that's you know. Milwaukee's gonna they're gonna take it, man. It stinks because I would like to see Trey Young out there. And Atlanta's a fun team to watch right now, uh, especially in the, the playoff run here. Well, I mean, Milwaukee obviously, I think heading into the playoffs, people expected them to play a little bit better than they have. Yeah, um, I'll agree. I think that. You know, that series against Brooklyn going into it, a lot of people had it even almost like 50-50 with three stars versus three stars, if you consider Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton stars. But the fact that Milwaukee barely got past Brooklyn when Kyrie was, you know, hurt in game three or game four, uh, and, um, you know, Harden was basically a shell of himself with that hamstring injury. Uh, and then for Milwaukee to get additional look, uh, additional luck this series with now Trey getting hurt because that game three up until Trey got hurt, it was a 50 50 game. Oh, yeah, he was playing out of his mind you know, wow. points. So, and and the way he got hurt was so fluky. Um, yeah, that. Well, you know, the basketball gods are shining on Milwaukee right now. Yes. Yes, I was going to say that. If they can't, this is the year for Giannis to win the championship because all the stars are aligned. Well, Uh I mean, I was trying to recognize exactly who was on the court in the headband for Milwaukee and that, or for Atlanta, and that's Cam Reddish. So he was a top 10 pick from Duke, and he's just returning from a lengthy absence due to injury. So even though they have Trey out, uh, they did get Cam Reddish back. And I think that's probably been the, 
biggest difficulty right now through the series for Atlanta is not having enough backcourt depth. Uh, you know, they've pretty much only had Trey and Herter, and then Bogdanovich really hasn't been himself coming off of his injury. Um, well, he, he's also, I mean, I just saw right now he's icing his knee, his, his, his right knee again. Uh, Bogdanovich? Yep. Yeah. So he's been injured since the end of the Philly series. Um, but, you know, they were able, obviously, Trey was fantastic towards the end of that series. And Herter had a great game seven. I believe he had 27 in game seven. Ooh. So. Yeah. They just don't have a ton of depth. And, you know, in the playoffs, teams are playing six, seven guys. Uh, yeah. So yeah. when some of those six, seven guys are are that you would normally depend on in your top seven are, are hurt, uh, it gets into a really sticky situation for you. I, I, I would agree with that. Uh, so we had um, the other night the Clippers – Held down the uh, Suns. Now it's a 3-2. Suns up 3-2. Uh, what do we expect out of that series? I, I don't know. The way the, the Clippers are coming back, I, I like the way they're playing. They're aggressive. They're they're knowing what they're doing. Um, the way that the Suns are, like, flopping, like, like uh, Tony said earlier about Chris Paul, I mean – I see the Clippers advancing, to be honest. I mean, if they did advance, that'd be horrible for Chris Paul's legacy. Another 3-1 blown lead, not making the NBA Finals. Oof. I yeah. would agree. I would agree. And, you know, that series, it's it's been a complete roller coaster, and it's pretty much gone as Paul George has played. Yep. So yeah, being like a superstar, which he showed last night that he's capable of playing. You know, the Clippers Ooh. look like they're the better team. Um, I agree with that. You know, it, it, Booker, it, I love his game. He he has so many creative shots that he can hit around the court, but he's just Ooh. not to that consistent level yet. Uh, I think campaign's injury for the Suns back in game three, his, and that combined with Chris Paul coming back and maybe Paul not being effective as he was towards the end of the Denver series just based off of having COVID and recovering from COVID. It yeah. slowed the pace down a lot. Um, you know, game four, Paul George shoots under 25%. The Suns win having only scored 84 points. It was the lowest amount of points that a, a winning team scored in a game all season long. And that happened in the Western Conference Finals, where theoretically these are two of the, the best four teams in the league. Yeah. Uh, you know, Paul George, as I mentioned, for the 11th time in his career, shoots under 25% in a game, which is the third most amount of games. 11 games that anybody has shot under 25% in the history of the NBA. So he's like an all-time poor playoff performer. And I think what's frustrating when you get performances like that in game four is when you see him come back in game five and he puts up 41, 13, and six. Yep. 
And that's, you know, his performance last night was legitimately one of, you know, like a top five player in the league. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's like, which Paul George are you going to get on the day? I think in game five specifically, what helped them out a lot was the fact that Marcus Morris, Reggie Jackson, and even Boogie Cousins all had big first halves. So Paul George wasn't asked to carry a big load in the first half. Um, You know, he shot well. I think he was like five of eight, five of seven, somewhere around there in the first half. He had 11 points, but not a ton was asked of him because his teammates stepped up. Do you think exhaustion plays a point into this? Because the Clippers have played a a, a ton of games. Paul George specifically has played like 110 or 115 more minutes than any other player in the NBA playoffs. So he's basically played a little over two more games than anybody else Um, Mm -hmm. because the Clippers did not handle their business against the Mavs in that first round. They've pretty much been forced to play every other day this entire playoffs. Um, And Kawhi got hurt. And with the limited rotations that teams have in the playoffs, just so much has been asked of him on both ends of the floor. So you could see in game four when he shot poorly, he just didn't have legs in his jumper. Uh, So it's like you want to give him somewhat of a pass because he is having to do so much for the team. But, you know, star players don't get passes in the NBA. Like we need you to show up regardless if you're playing, you know, 40, 45, 48 minutes in a game. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Like, I mean, if you are a star player, you have that that foreshadow over you that you need to produce. You know, like, why would you be a star player if you're not on a team to produce anything? I think he's a workhorse, and I think he would be the clutch player for them to win. I Like I said, I'm, I'm choosing the Clippers to go, so... Well, well, it's funny because the Clippers of old have, I mean, throughout the playoffs, it's just they go 0-2 and then they start, they just claw their way back in somehow and eventually win the series. And if if the Suns don't tighten up, man, you're, you're giving the Clippers, you're, you're leaving that door open, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I really think tomorrow is a must win for both teams. I'm, obviously, it's a must win for the Clippers because if they lose, they lose the series. But I just think that Suns team will be so tight heading back into game seven if they don't take care of business tomorrow night in game six. And it's going to be tough. I'm The Clippers uh, you know, are one of those teams in the league that are now letting all their fans into the arena. Mm-hmm. And even though the Clippers historically don't have great crowds, um, those crowds have shown up pretty much since the, uh, you know, the Utah series for them. So it's, you know, role players play better at home. um, And, you know, I think the Clippers have a really, really good shot of winning tomorrow night. Yeah, I mean, the Suns definitely have all the pressure on them right now. They have a ton of pressure now. Oh, yeah. Um, The Clippers are playing with house money pretty much, you know? Yeah. so yeah, sort I mean, of to moment, to a certain extent, not not all the way, but to I a certain agree extent. With you. The moment Kawhi Leonard went down, all expectations on the Clippers left. 
Right. In my opinion, if you know the moment Kawhi went down and the Utah series was two two, that series in my head and in most people's heads was done. Yeah. Utah was supposed to take care of business. They were going back home game five. Uh, even if they lost, you know, that game, they still had another game at home. If they pulled out game six, they were Utah was up 20 plus points in game six of that Clipper series. Uh, so once Kawhi went out, that basically, you know, uh, almost like a get out of jail free card to the Clippers in terms of expectations. There were no more expectations on this Clippers team. And if they lose tomorrow night, it's still going to be considered a, in my opinion, a successful season based off the fact that they have a top five player in this league and he's not playing for them. And, and Kawhi has already been ruled out for game six. So like, this is a, like a legitimate injury. And, you know, the rumor is kind of behind the scenes that Kawhi is now upset with the Clippers training staff because they maybe misdiagnosed how severe or how not severe his his injury is. Because um, they certainly gave the impression that he would be back sooner than what is actually happening. Oh, my God, nearball. And if you uh, remember, that was part of the reason why Kawhi ended up leaving San Antonio was that he was ex- uh, upset at how they managed his injury. So, well, stepping away from basketball really quick, uh, Tony and I watched the uh, the highly uh, what was it talked about episode Ooh. of the shop with Tom Brady. Yeah, I mean, I and um, um, did you get a chance to watch it? I did not. It told me to watch it, but I did not. Be honest, but he's like. He did give me a little, a little bit of a synopsis of things. It's like, what team do you guys think was he considering? Well, I'm I'm assuming you mean when you know Tom Brady said you're sticking with this motherfucker about it. Correct. It's, Correct. It's, it, it's tough to say. Um, I think you know Tom Brady is the type to kind of like a lot of great athletes to come up with slights and and use that as motivation. So, uh-huh. you know, I really don't know who they, who he was talking about. But mm. as a Bucks fan, I'm glad he chose us. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, um, the the episode was great. I, I wish LeBron would have been there. Uh, it would have been cool to see LeBron and you know Tom in the same room. The goats. They had um they had an interesting cat or uh, an interesting group. It was Tom. It was Thank kid you. kid you. Cuddy. It was um, who else was it? Who? Chelsea Handler. The Chelsea, yeah, Chelsea Handler. And Draymond Green. Draymond Green was there. Say that again. What? Frazier was there. Frazier. That's what you you think that Chelsea Handler looks like. (laughs) Uh, You had who else? Who was the other guys? uh, well, Maverick was there. Maverick Carter, Bronze right hand man, and then uh, Paul Rivera. Paul Rivera. So it was an interesting like group. Um, and, and quote unquote, Tom says, "There's no effing way I would have went to that team, but they said they didn't want me, 
and I know what that means. I know what that feels like. I'm going to go F you up because of that. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, he definitely let loose. Um, yeah, yeah. One of the, one, when he's speaking about uh, how if he thinks they have an advantage, like, uh, like if he thinks a, a cornerback on the other team is weak, Oh, here it is. I have it quote unquote. I never want to give away what we are doing. I usually say the opposite. You know, they got he's a, talking uh, about the Patriots right there. No, he's just talking in general. Um, whenever they, they interview him, um, you know, after a game or whatever. Uh, he says, you know, they got a shitty corner. I'll be like, that guy's unbelievable. In my mind, I'm thinking I'm going to go at that motherfucker all day. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, so there was a, a guy on Twitter who spliced uh, those comments with Brady's comments about uh, the Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew, Ooh, uh, honey pre-Super Bowl. And then they spliced together the highlight of Antonio Brown cooking Matthew uh, on a route for the third touchdown to put the Bucks up 21-6. You know, I think if you're a corner or a secondary player for a team in a league and you were so proud that the greatest of all time talked highly about you prior to your matchup, you're probably reconsidering uh, your thoughts on that and what Brady's motivations were. (laughs) Overall, I found it super interesting different topics they got into in terms of, um, you know, mental health, confidence surrounding your performance, uh, the ability or willingness to be able to speak your mind and, and talk about what you really think. I mean, you know, Brady basically admitted that, you know, right now he's a company man and 90% of the time he's just like giving automatic responses that he doesn't really you know, believe in. He doesn't get to really speak his mind, basically. Mm. He also said that he wishes that he could have done what Marshawn Lynch did, uh, where he just sat there and said, I'm just here so I don't get fined. But, you know, Brady feels like he has to play his part and play his role. And to have someone who is so conscious about uh, what his brand is and how he's portraying himself and contrasting that versus like Draymond Green, who's known for, well, in the opinion of most speaking his mind, it was nice to have almost like two extremes there. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And, and, you know, Brady basically expressed almost envy at the ability for Green to be able to express himself so freely. He even mentioned that, you know, he's so – thoughtful about what he says and then like his wife Giselle just you know says whatever she feels (laughs) like um so I thought that break was fairly introspective uh during the conversation so it was pretty interesting yeah so if you're watching us on YouTube right now or listening to us you guys need to go uh check it out and what go ahead good no i i think that some of that like um type of behavior he had like embedded by bill belichick like 
like you know how they always avoid certain things like they never talked about anything outside of their uh of uh, their their program and in in when they try to find something from Bill Belichick he would just you know avoid the subject and that was like the culture of the Patriots. So do you think well, that who are we to argue with the results it produced? I mean, I, I bet you Brady had mo one of his most fun years this past year operating in a different system. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, Belichick is what won six Super Bowl titles doing it his way. So it's hard for somebody to say that, you know, uh, doing it there, the Patriot way, you know, quote unquote, is the wrong way to do it. You know, I, not to sound biased or anything, because of course, Tampa Bay Bucks are my team and I'm happy that Tom Brady picked, you know, the Bucks to play for. But since he's been with the Bucks, he's been more, uh, I guess would you say a little more juvenile than he used to be? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, he's definitely more free. He's more free. Black he's more fun. You see him Black on. Today. You see him on social media. He makes fun of himself. He 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 talks a lot more. He's more engaging with. I just feel like he's actually being himself for once, and actually enjoying it rather than just you know clock in nine to five, clock out, and that's it. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think that he's probably added a year or two to his career because of how much fun he's having. I mean, between what we were able to see through the local Bucks beat reporters that, you know, you and I follow on Twitter and all the stories about him and then even his episode on the shop, uh, listening to his teammates rave about him as a leader and as a person, not just as a football player, obviously Tom Brady is a great football player, but everything outside of football, um, you know, you have uh, 20 year olds and, you know, lower 30 year olds connecting to this, what, 43 year old white guy. Um, it's an interesting guy. I can see why they like him. And I don't know if I could have seen that uh, under the shroud of the Patriot way when he isn't talking or being himself. No, so you I, would never see that. Yeah, so that's why this past episode of The Shop, especially if you don't follow the Bucks so closely, you know, he had those guys cracking up at a lot of the stuff he was saying. And you could see him being able to connect with them as – competitors and athletes and just as people. Um, so that's why I, I found it particularly interesting uh, seeing that side of Brady. I think that side of Brady needed to come out. Like he's been like um, held back for so long with the Patriots that finally he's able to express himself and you see the true Brady. Wow. Well, the Hawks players are certainly expressing themselves tonight without Trey. I mean, <laughs> you got that right. <laughs> um, Eduardo was just, predicting an easy win for Milwaukee and Atlanta. Not easy win. I'm just saying Milwaukee's going to win. Ooh, uh, by the way, Facebook like like kicked us out. I don't know if because we were live streaming the 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 game and we don't have Donovich. the rights to do that. So Donovich. they're like, oh, "You guys, you're over." And so I had to like get off of that. Um, uh, 
everyone, all the listeners are probably like, hey, you guys going to dive into some baseball? Hell no. Nah. Who dives into baseball this early? Okay, okay. so you've got okay. the, the, the all-star game coming. Yeah, uh, the home run derby. They've already announced the the con, uh, the contestants. I think there's still one more person that might be joining. Um, yeah. Is Otani completing? Otani Otani's competing. Uh, the Mets slugger Pete Alonso is competing. Who was the winner prior to the COVID year? He won the year prior because remember they didn't have a home run derby last year because of course uh, COVID. Um, they've got Rocky shortstop uh, shortstop Trevor Story. Um, and that's, that's about all what I've got right now. I don't know. I, I think they're expecting someone else. Look, Otani's the most interesting story in baseball. The man is, you know, Babe Ruth. Oh, uh, the Braves, life. the Braves have a, a, a guy, um, Ronald, uh, uh, Senua, uh, I can't pronounce his last name. A Senua Jr.? Uh, Blue Jays, Vladimir Guerrero. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. I mean, look, there's a basketball season. There's only a handful of guys that kind of grab your attention. I think he's – I don't know if Vladimir's in it, though, but I know that Braves – the Braves, he's in it. I'm trying to get a a more up-to-date list. But, I mean, there's nothing really other than that to talk about baseball right now. Nope. Postseasons where it's at. Well, the most interesting thing happening in baseball right now is the crackdown on the foreign substances being used by the oh, pitchers. Oh yeah, the, you know the we pitchers saw that are getting suspension. Uh, I believe I forget who, but uh, there was a a pitcher on a West Coast team that just got suspended ten games for using a foreign substance. Was it the Dodgers? I'm not sure. the The funniest videos that were being seen are on these checks and you see the pitchers getting pissed off and they're basically undressing in front of the umpires. I don't know if you've seen any of those videos. They like throw down their glove, untuck their shirt, pull down their pants. Yeah. um, To basically be like, look, check me out. So, you know, uh, baseball has to do something to make their product more entertaining you know, every single pitcher nowadays seems to be able to throw 100 miles per hour with ridiculous spin rates, and it's impossible for the guys to, you know, put the ball in play. And that's what makes ba- baseball exciting is when the ball is in play and there are guys running the bases and stealing bases. And, um, you know, analytics has ruined the sport a bit for the casual observer, such as myself. So if it's not the guy's juice and hitting the – every ball out of the park it's the pitcher that's like Choosing. not allowing someone hit so i mean we don't have we need out. to get an easy medium here man when are we going back to the good old days that's, that's because you got to go with uh what clement was it clement rogers or roger clements whatever roger clemens yeah. clemens he's the, he's the one that first started this whole crap about taking substance and stuff like that Well, on the pitcher side, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, look, they had to do something to kind of even out the score with all the the hitters, you know, juicing and hitting all these home runs. But I just don't think a sport that is all strikeout or home run is exciting. I mean, I don't know if you guys remember last year's World Series, like the most exciting plays uh, were not home runs and – Strikeouts. They were Mookie Betts making, you know, leaping, diving catches. 
or you know guys uh, pinch hitting and 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 pinch running and all the strategy that comes in uh, in the playoffs. Uh, yeah. That's what makes baseball exciting. But you know everybody's just swinging for the fences now because it's so difficult to hit a pitch that when you do. You need to make sure it's going out of the park because it's such an infrequent thing. It's hard to score otherwise. Which, which I definitely agree with that. Yeah, oh, and then uh, we go gotta uh, we gotta finish wrapping up the show here really quick. Uh, you had anything else, Tony? What were you gonna say? No, uh, I mean I look forward to the rest of this game. It's hard to compare it uh, versus the rest of the series because you know such a principal member of the Hawks is is out. But you know the longer they can hang in there, the you know the more nervous Milwaukee gets. It feels like you know if I was a Milwaukee player tonight, you'd want to seal the deal and you know, go up three, one and feel like you can end the series in five and hopefully get some rest before the NBA finals. Um, so this game is just as important to Milwaukee as it is. I think it's just as important for Milwaukee's future championship efforts because a champion would handle business tonight against an undermanned Hawks team. Right. right? A, a true right. champion would. Right. Uh, I think tomorrow night is also super interesting. You know, the more performances that Paul George has that where he looks like he did last night versus where he looks like it looked like in or what he looked like in game four, it makes people forget, you know, the whole pandemic P stuff. And he's actually playoff Paul playoff P um, I think CP three, his legacy is is gonna get written, uh, and it means a lot whether or not they can make the finals this year. So I find those storylines really, really interesting. And then just the last piece is the NBA lottery. I know we didn't get into it much, but you know, a couple mock drafts came out most recently from ESPN. You know, for our Magic, they have us taking uh, the kid from FSU with the number five pick when. All year long, Kaminga has been considered one of those five guys in a five-player draft. So the fact well, that Mock is out from ESPN and you know Barnes is going to us versus Kaminga is is pretty interesting. For our our if we have any Orlando Magic listeners, of course, because we're based out of Central Florida, so of course we're gonna discuss Orlando Magic, Orlando City a little bit more. What's the uh, update with the coaching status, buddy? But I um I've got some um I've got some inside stuff. Ooh, okay, so what are you reporting? Um they're definitely not going for Kaminga. Uh-oh. Okay. Um FSU guy probably smoke. Um Ooh. what I'm hearing is that if they stick at five, the rumor has it Mitchell. Davion Mitchell from Baylor? Yeah. Okay, so we're taking a 6'2 point guard who's a culture setter and strong defensively with the number five pick. I've also heard that they are uh, like Jonathan Isaac is God there, and oh, wow. he's, he's basically untouchable. 
Um, I've also heard that they are not opposed to moving faults. They well, like Cole, they like Cole Anthony a lot. Okay. So well, okay, well, so so what do we call this when you come on the podcast and you start dropping like the equivalent names. of Woj bombs? Like Woj bombs? <laughs> okay, so what? Like we need like a sound effect when you're gonna drop the inside magic scoops. <laughs> we should do like uh, so. that. Don't they have like a magic, like like a, a magic uh, sound effect when they make a yeah. shot or something? Yeah. That's what we should put. We should put as soon as you drop a bomb is. So why aren't they committed to faults? They they like Anthony and Hampton a lot. They they like Hampton a lot. A lot, right. a lot. Who is your inside source, please? I can't say. Oh. That's why it's an inside source. <laughs> well, they wouldn't be an inside source for much longer if he revealed it. Um, listen, it's just rumors, man. You don't know. We don't know. But, you know, I did say that, you know, a year ago, Aaron Gordon wanted to be out. And I had people on Twitter like, oh, where are you getting this? I've never heard him say that. I'm like, oh, so you sat down and had the conversation with Aaron Gordon? No, but and you he did. told Are you saying wanted, that right? you had the conversation with That's Aaron what I'm Gordon? saying. That's no, I'm but saying. uh my sources did. <laughs> oh my god. Wink wink guy. nudge nudge. Look, I, I mean with the having two picks in the top eight, my dream would still be to find a way to trade up. Correct. It like it seems like Cleveland is the only realistic trade partner. Um they've expressed a willingness to to you know make a move. Uh, the most recent mock draft on ESPN has obviously Cade going number one, but it has uh, Jalen Green going number two to Houston. Hmm. So, you know, uh, Mobley at number three for Cleveland, does that make sense? Um, or would they be more than willing to to move that pick? Right. It's still early. I mean, we're a month away from the draft. Uh, but, but still awesome to hear the 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 dirtiness. The dirtiness has happening. Well, you don't. You never know what's true and what's not true. Exactly. Right. Sometimes they release information, and it's a smoke screen to hide what they really want, or they talk up a player that they kind of like. And don't even go talk up who they really, really like because they want to try to hide the fact that they like that person. Which makes total sense. And they're feeding reporters sometimes bad information, you know. Like, oh yeah, we're really impressed with Kaminga when we have no interest in Kaminga. So it'll be interesting to go back to listen to this podcast to see if I was right or not. Yeah, so you should have like a board or a note. All right. Well, then if if Ed's making predictions, I call Clippers Hawks in the NBA final. Whoa. That's what you're saying, Tom? Yes, I am. You're a wild man. Yeah. I am. And I and I will and I will be a wild man and I will always be a wild man. But it's I'm gonna going to I'm gonna predict the uh, Suns Bucks in the finals. 
okay, well then we'll just make a note of those two things and we'll see who's right. Yeah. I want you guys to bow down to me when it happens, okay? Look, if you're predicting the Hawks at this point with Trey Young being out and you're actually right, uh, you know, I'm going to think that you're like Biff from Back to the Future too. <laughs> I got the almanac. Yeah, you the had almanac. the sports almanac and you knew because no one would predict me. that at this point. Uh, what's your happen. prediction, Tony? No, at this point, it's hard to predict anybody but the Bucks coming out of the East. Uh, so you're and, thinking and Bucks? Uh, I'm gonna put you down for Bucks and who? You know, I want to root for the Clippers, but I also want to root for the Suns because <laughs> <laughs> for CP3's legacy, I really hope he makes the finals. Um. I'll I'll shoot you a message tomorrow night at halftime. No, you, you can't do that because we're doing predictions now, man. That is crap right there. You got to put it now, Tony. Uh, let's go. Uh, just so that I'm different than both of you guys, I'll do uh, Clippers Bucks. Okay. Clippers what? Clippers, Clippers Bucks. Bucks. Okay. All right. And then when the series starts, we'll have to do a podcast to predict who's going to win the finals. And then we'll have to throw some stakes behind it. Uh, Without a what, doubt. Who, who's going to win what? Without a doubt. All right. Well, I think that's going to end it for our show. For the listeners out there, thank you so much for listening to our – this is our very first uh, Casually Kicking It Sports podcast. We're going to be, be bringing it's you guys more – Well, it's number two. Oh, number two. It's, technically number two. Yeah. Yeah. Go back and watch uh, our lottery special and see us disappointed when the magic gets the <laughs> like <Sorry>. Jeff Weltman. <laughs> um, so thank you guys again. Like I said, you can catch us on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. You can watch us on YouTube if you'd like as well to see what we look like. Uh, I got to put us back on the screen. There we go. And um, we're going to see if we could adjust some. We got more stuff coming to you, of course. Um, Look, Dikembe is at the game rooting on the Hawks. I <laughs> told you. I uh, got a special mojo tonight. Once football season sign. starts, we'll be bringing you guys some fantasy football as well. So stay tuned. Thank you, guys. Have a good. going to be going better for the Hawks, like our second episode. Like, this is a great story for us. I told you. Tom, if Tom is right, Eduardo, you owe him a lot of money. What? I, we haven't, it's not finished yet. All right. See you guys. Where is it?